Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. What are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about what does it mean for parents to be in unity? What does self-talk, couple talk, and family talk look like in how we evaluate the parent's behavior in a family altercation? It should be very exciting. Uh, A little spoiler alert, we don't get to give ourselves a hall pass because we're the parent. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. I want to address something this morning, or whenever you're listening to it, I guess. In this podcast episode, I want to address something that I hear a lot about I get emails about, I get messages about people when I'm doing conferences, uh, well, when we, before COVID, when we do conferences, we would talk about it. And it's this idea of what does it mean for parents to be on the same page uh, and, and disrespect versus respect. And I suspect that today's episode, I actually had something else completely planned. And I was like, well, I'll just give 10 minutes to this. And I don't know if those 10 minutes will work or not. Uh, I, I think it's probably going to take most of the episode. So we'll see. But I want to talk about specifically what does it mean for parents to be on the same page? I hear this all the time. And what do you do when parents are behaving badly? And so we're going to start out kind of with self-talk, and then we're going to go to couple talk, and then we're going to go to family talk. So what is self-talk? Obviously, self-talk is is how we talk to ourselves. And, And one of the things that I've talked about in the past a little bit is how we tend to seek to give ourselves a... We give ourselves a hall pass, right? And I don't, I've got to be honest, I have kids in school. I don't know how they navigate hallways now. But when I was in high school, back in the dark ages, if you needed to go to the bathroom, if you needed to go to the principal's office, if you needed to go somewhere, you had to have a hall pass that a teacher would write for you. When I was a teacher, I don't remember if it was hall passes or you had to have permission slips. I don't know. It's been a minute. But, right. We tend to look for these hall passes because what the hall pass did in school was it gave you an excuse or gave you a reason, a, a, an acceptable excuse to be able to violate the rule. And so you would have this hall pass and you could be out in the halls even though the rule said you couldn't. In relationships, we tend to look for the possibility of hall passes in how we behave. And I've talked about this on different episodes. I, we literally talked about no hall passes in an episode probably about a year ago, and I, I wrote about it on, on my website. Uh, if you're interested in reading more than listening, joemartino.com, click on the blog tab. And, and what a hall pass does is we say things like, well, okay, yes, I was wrong, but. And, and so the most common place you see this is spouse to spouse or spouse, ex-spouse to ex-spouse conversations where like, Yeah, okay, so I shouldn't do that, but you don't know what a jerk he is. You don't know how unreasonable she is. And I talked about that even last week, Uh, how how we engage in these conversations, we engage in behaviors that we admit that we believe are morally wrong, but we make a hall pass excuse for ourselves to engage in them. Now, for some people, there's enough listeners that I imagine there are some people who have a very small window of morally reasoned behaviors. And I'm not knocking that. I'm not judging that. I'm just saying they tend to believe that that there's very few morally absolutes 
uh, absolute behaviors that we need to engage in. And, and so they're going to struggle with this. If that's you, you're going to struggle with this a little bit more maybe than some of my friends who are like, there are moral reasons. With the exception of my pro, I'm the authority and therefore I get to say and do what I want parents. They're going to struggle the most today. They might want to uh, create voodoo dolls and stick my knees with needles so that my knees hurt. Uh, and that'll be okay. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting, the, the things that people react to and the things that people don't react to. So what does self-talk have to do with this conversation? One of the things that I find a lot is there are parents who tell their kids, hey, you can't engage in this behavior. And then when they engage in that behavior, they give themselves a self-talk hall pass. I was working with a guy one time and he was, and quite honestly, in my opinion, he was a really good dad. Uh, he loved his kids. He made time for his kids. He taught his kids. He was present with his kids. I should talk in the present because I imagine he still does all of those things. But one of the things that when he would, what would happen is when he would become angry, notice I didn't say the kids made him angry. When he would become angry, he would choose to respond with the anger. And then later, he would correctly go apologize to his kids, but he would put a caveat in it. He would say, hey, buddy, I'm sorry I lost my mind on you, but I need you to listen. No, 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 no. That's not an apology. That's a hall pass. And that's born out of self-talk. Like, oh, okay, well, I did this, but it's okay because I'm the parent. That's horse crap. That is literal horse crap. It's good for nothing. It doesn't help your child, and it doesn't help you. Just go say you're sorry. Or if you snap at your uh, your spouse, just say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Now, if you don't think you snapped, then yeah, I guess you can have that conversation. Sometimes that's probably worth it. But what does it benefit you to be like, well, I did this and I was wrong, but blah, blah, blah. What it benefits you is you are now not quite on the hook. When we verbally, externally express things like, hey, I'm sorry I yelled at you, but I need you to listen to me, and we put them together, we're, we're taking a little bit of the responsibility hook out of ourselves, and we're putting it on the kid. And we're saying to the kid, you're responsible for my bad behavior. And I see this all the time. And then parents are shocked when they raise children who become adults who blame their poor behavior on other people. And I'm like, what? You did this. You literally lived this with them. And kids live what they learn and they learn what they live. And what this has to do with self-talk is everything we do externally starts with our self-talk. So if we start out with making excuses for ourselves, and look, I, I'm tempted to do this just like anyone else. I remember when my wife pointed it out to me, we're coming up on, on 22 years of marriage, and I remember early on when she pointed out to me, I'd be like, yeah. and I'm not making fun of anyone there. I'm just, that's, I would try to say words and they wouldn't come out because the words that needed to come out were just, I was wrong. And I wanted to say I was wrong, but I was wrong and, and I just needed to say I was wrong. And, and you just live in that tension, but it starts with self-talk. And so the self-talk I ask people is, is like, okay, here's what you did. And a lot of times when I'm doing this in a therapy session, I have a, a nice whiteboard that I can use. Well, depending on what office I'm at. My one office has a really nice whiteboard. The other one, not so much. We need to replace that whiteboard. But And, and I'll draw out what they said and I'll just ask them, if I said this to you, is it morally correct? 
If your husband said it to you, is it morally correct? If your wife said it to you, is it morally correct? And if the answer is no there, then why is it okay to say it to your child? And invariably I get, because I'm the parent. Okay, that's self-talk. Let's pull that apart. So because you're in a position of authority, it's okay for you to do something that you believe is morally incorrect. Is that right? Well, how is this different than cops arresting someone? Well, because I don't actually, I actually do think there's a difference. It's not okay to kidnap, but if you are a danger to society, you can be put in jail. And yes, that's, but that's not because the cops, the authority, it's because the authority is spread out from the police. The police officer isn't allowed to put you in jail for a long time. I think it's 72 hours. I got to admit, I skipped all the days of law school. And then there has to be a process. And that's what I want to talk about. What's your process to determine whether or not you were right? And there are people that get arrested who get, who get out. And some of them get out because they were innocent. And so what's the process to determine the correctness of what you're doing? Because here's, I remember, here's how this all started. I said, I want to talk about what does it mean for parents to be on the same page? Because a lot of times what I hear is, Parent A acted poorly. Parent B said, hey, I don't know what I think about that. Or admitted to their kids that they think parent A acted poorly. And, well, you're, you're just not, on, you're not supporting me. Well, you're right. I'm not. I'm not going to support you do something that I think is morally wrong. But that starts with self-talk. Because here's the other thing. Part of self-talk is this should be easier than it is. I once worked with somebody who had an affair. And she said to me, well, I'm not defining it as an affair because my husband isn't defining it as an affair. And I said to her, that's okay. Your husband doesn't have to define taxes as taxes, but that's what they are. And this is an affair. And you'll have to change the self-talk that tries to move you out of the responsibility position and just calls it what it is. I'm sitting at my desk today. It is an L-shaped desk. To be honest with you, I'm not sure that I like it. I like all the space but I feel like it sets me up to uh, just kind of not file things. See what I did there? I blame the desk for me not filing things. That's silly. And most people would rightly laugh at me if they were in here and they saw my desk was a mess. And I said, yeah, it's just because the desk is so big that I, I just don't file it. It just tempts me to, to, to pile stuff. People would rightly laugh at me. But if I scream at my kids, if I call my kids a little shit to their face, if I say hurtful things to them, if I threaten to take away stupid things like, well, if you don't behave, we're not going to take Christmas. Or if I give them a discipline that doesn't match the offense, and I say, well, it's just because I was mad. No one laughs. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, boy, I get that. Holy cow, like I cannot tell you the words, I really can't, that I want to say to that. Like their kids. Well, yeah, but they're kids that need trained. I agree. And their kids, part of that training is how do you respond correctly when you are angry? How do you respond correctly when you're angry? This isn't an either or like you can't discipline them. It isn't like you can't give them consequences. It isn't like you can't be like, okay, look, you're grounded or this punishment is going to happen. But when your self-talk leads you to do to come up with excuses for why you did poor behavior, your self-talk needs to change. 
every time. Well, I wouldn't do that if they, if they would just listen to me. Yeah, you probably still would because it's not them making you do it. They're not magical aliens with a magical gun to your head. They are kids. And so, like, you know, oh, they're seven, they're five, they're four. My son's eight. He does not have the emotional vocabulary that my 18-year-old has. And my self-talk should be about that. It should be about how do I raise him to be a man that knows how to engage society and knows how to engage himself and his own emotional being. Knows how to engage his own self-talk. But that has to start with my self-talk. And self-talk leads to everything we do externally, which is our couple talk. And so I'll hear things all the time like, well, he just doesn't support me. She doesn't support me. Okay, what does he or she not do? Well, like the other day, I was having a fight with my 16-year-old, and as my 16-year-old was walking away, I pointed out something, and he was like, or she was like, hey, it was over. You could have just let it go. And I looked at him, I said, you don't get to tell me what I could have done. Okay, that's not good adult-to-adult interactions. That's not. That's not a healthy interaction. And one of your self-talk goals should be, how do I do this? with healthy outcomes. And he does get to talk to you about, hey, look, I think you messed up. Or, yeah, you know what? Your mom shouldn't have done that. Your dad shouldn't have done that. One of the issues that we're facing is it's very difficult for anyone, naturally speaking. It's very difficult for anyone to hear they did it wrong. And in our society, we have almost gotten to the place where we equate anyone telling us that we did something wrong as though they're haters and they're out to get us and they're not on my side. And and now it's me and my wife against the kids. And that's hogwash. Like, that's just not real life. It's, It's me and my wife and my kids aiming for healthy family systems. That should be the inner talk, self talk that leads to the group talk. And in between there is the couple talk of, hey, what do we do when I think you're wrong? What what do we do when you think I'm wrong? If I'm screaming at the kids, how do you want to handle it? And it's, it, yes, it's okay to say, well, then you should just tell me, hey, you're not doing that right. Or I think you could do this better. Or I don't agree with what you did there. And that doesn't mean that we're disrespecting each other in front of the kids, nor does it mean that we're undercutting each other. Now, I do want to say there are a lot of people that they want to take these and do them with, with their kids when they're dating. Like I, I knew of someone, I think the dude had three kids was dating, maybe he had four kids. I don't know, a lot of boys. And he actually said to his girlfriend, you don't get to discipline my kids. You don't get to tell them no unless they ask you something. But if they're going to do something and you don't think they should do it, you need to find out if I think they should do it. And, and they, were ta- they actually came to see me and they were talking about it. And I was like, that's actually a pretty good system because it sets up the expectations ahead of time of what should be. And now we know what being on the same page is. Being on the same page does not mean that we agree uh, just just because you did it, I say okay. Right? So my wife's name is Erica, if you didn't know that. Being on the same page doesn't mean I say to her, yep, Erica, I agree with you. Or her saying to me, yep, Joe, I agree with you. It Because that isn't how real life works. And your kids are going, remember, they learn what they live and they live what they learn. They're going to need to see healthy arguments in order to have healthy arguments when they're adults. That is how it works. And so we need to have spouse-to-spouse conversations that admit what's going on because that's part of a healthy conversation. And it might not matter that much when they're three. It's certainly going to matter the old, more the older they get. And one of the biggest contexts that I see this in 
is when the kids become teenagers and they're they're able to reason out more, especially older teenagers, because mom and, and kid have an argument, dad and kid have an argument, and then later mom's talking to the kid and the kid says, I just think dad was completely unreasonable there. And mom actually thinks dad was unreasonable, but because we have to be on the same page, mom can't say that. That's hogwash. Mom can say, yep, you know what? I do think dad was unreasonable there, and I hope that you talk to them. How do we problem solve this so that you and dad can have a more productive disagreement next time? Or, yeah, your dad did did overreact there, and I think it was wrong. I also think what you did was wrong. Because here's the thing that I often hear. Well, I don't want to say to my kids, yeah, you know what? You're right. Dad's just crazy. Or your dad's just an unreasonable jerk, or, or worse names. I agree. You should never call names. You should instead deal with the issues, not the person. That's rule five of, of the six rules of communication that I would love to see everyone put in place in their house. Be intentional. Always avoid always and never say never. Does it have to be a problem? Facts only. Issues, not people. And today's news. Those six rules governing how you communicate. One of the things that we have to consider is we need to deal with our children in honest ways that speak to our moral reasoning. And and there are three ways, we've talked about this again in the past, three ways that we think, reactive thinking, reflective thinking, and moral reasoning. And one of the things that we have to do is by the time we're adults and our kids are almost adults, we ought to be acting purely out of moral reasoning. And when we're not, we need to say, we're wrong, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I, I, I messed up. And so as you lean into this, right, if you're mean to a seven, seven-year-old because the seven-year-old isn't doing what you want, that's a you problem, not a seven-year-old problem. Because the seven-year-old, I expect that the seven-year-old is not going to do what you want. You still need to discipline them, still need to train them, still need to move them forward. But that's a you problem. Well, parenting is really hard and I just need time. Yeah, parenting is hard. In fact, I just read a study this week that, that talked about how hard it is. But we've literally been doing it for millennia, people. We'd better figure it out. I'm just, this is a conversation that just, I just, lamb, I can't think of the word. I'm just so frustrated that we will excuse bad behavior because our seven-year-old acted up. We'll excuse bad behavior and expect our spouse to be excuse bad behavior because our 15-year-old acted up. That's not healthy. And so this spouse-to-spouse talk, right, it starts with self-talk, but then it moves to -to spouse-to-spouse talk. It has to be around what are we striving for as a family? What are we aiming for as a family? And then as we move from the spouse-to-spouse talk, we move to the family talk, and the family talk needs to be about that. And look, I mess up as much as anybody, maybe more than some, probably more than some. And it's hard to be like, hey, you didn't do that. No, I did. Okay, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And it's hard. In fact, just making this episode kind of scares me because I'm going to put it up and then probably lose my mind with my kids this weekend. And I won't be able to say, well, it's your fault, which isn't what we say. But I do think this is part of the problem. We start out parenting. Too many people that I talk to, they start out parenting from a place of power. We've talked about transactional analysis before, parent, adult, child, the roles that you act out of. If you want to learn more about that, it is on my YouTube page. There's a video about it. Uh, you can always go to a conference. Stay tuned for those. We talk about them at almost every conference I go to. Because what happens is, so 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 dad has a bad interaction with the kids. Mom has a bad interaction with the kids. And legitimately something the kids did was, was inappropriate. And then 
the other parents like, hey, and well, no, see, you just don't back me up. Well, how do I back you up when I think you're wrong? This is the family conversation now. What do we do when somebody we love, someone we support is doing something that we think is wrong? How do we engage that moment? That's a conversation you have to have on repeat because a lot of people, they go to power. They want to utilize power. And this is the problem I have when we start with, you have to do this because I'm the parent. Yeah, you can end up there. And honestly, I've used it. I don't want that to be my go-to approach. I want it to be, you should do these things because it is morally correct. Well, isn't it morally correct to submit to authority? Yeah, I actually think it is. We've talked about this a lot in past episodes. But if I'm going to hold my children to morally correct behavior, I need to hold myself to it. That's self-talk. I need to give my spouse permission to hold me to it. That's spouse-to-spouse talk. And then I need to give my kids permission to hold me to it because that's family talk. And that's creating a system where we move ourselves forward. And you're training your children in how to handle difficult situations with people they love, which they might actually have someday when they're married. And so this is hard. It's difficult. You'll find your inner self-talk rebelling against it. You will, you will not want to do it, but you have to start with yourself and ask yourself, how do I evaluate what I did was right or wrong? What's the metric? I was talking to somebody one time and he was talking, we were actually talking about this very thing, parenting, and he was talking about how his five and three-year-old started crying because he turned off the TV. And I was like, okay, so did you do right or wrong? He's like, well, I obviously did wrong because they were crying. And while I appreciate his his transparency in sharing with me the metric that he was using, I completely disagree with it. The fact that they cried doesn't mean you did anything wrong. They're five and three. They only have so many ways to express their disappointment. And one of them, perhaps the major one, is through tears. Did you yell at them? Did you call them names? Did you scream at them? Nope. I just said, okay, guys, time to go to bed. And I turned the TV off. Okay, then, then you're probably actually okay. Yeah, but they cried. Yeah, because that's the only way, certainly your three-year-old, that's one of the few ways that your three-year-old knows how to express negative emotions. And your five-year-old probably isn't much past that. And so what a wonderful opportunity you have to teach them about emotions. I understand you're crying because you're disappointed that we have to turn the TV off, but it's time to go to bed. You can watch it tomorrow. Teach them about, right? Name, Name the emotion at the beginning there and then just walk them through it. And then with your spouse, your spouse isn't on the same page with you if they give you an excuse to have bad behavior. Your goal should not be able to, should not be that you're able to have bad behavior because you're mad. That's a terrible goal. That's awful. It's self-serving and selfish. I'm just going to say it. Now, you don't have to agree with your spouse that you did something bad, but this is why we have the family talk. That's why it's self-talk, couple talk, family talk. Because in the family talk, which should happen when everybody's not distressed, you're going to kind of lay out, hey, these are the the structures that we want to have in our family. These are the conversations that we want to have in our family. I I knew a family one time that said to their kids, okay, look, we can either travel or we can fix up the house. Which do you want? Because we can't do both. And they had talks about it. And the kids picked, let's travel. And then later when the kids were like, I don't really like our house, they were like, well, yeah, but you said you wanted to travel and we would just fix up the house a little bit as we went. And here's perhaps the greatest distress 
if we start out with, I'm the parent, I'm the authority. So in this situation, everyone, including my spouse, has to agree with me. There's not a lot of place for humility in that. And while, yes, you are the parent, good leaders are humble. While you are the authority, good leaders are humble. While you are the person that gets to say whatever happens is probably going to happen, good leaders are humble. Are you catching a theme? And so humility is, I need to hold myself to the same standard that you're held to. I need to hold myself to the same standard. So I can't act poorly because my 16-year-old acted poorly. I just can't do that. I can correct her. I can be upset. I can express that upsetness. I can be angry. And I can express that I'm angry. But I can't use that anger as a response and, call, and, and violate any of the six rules. Call her name, scream at her, holler at her. Whatever those things are, I can't say, yep, I did bad and I'll apologize when you apologize. Or I apologize, but you messed up too. That's moving the responsibility downstream from me to someone else. And I need to have conversations about this with my family. Not just the what, but the why. Not just the what, but the why. So, so here's what I believe. And here's what I did. And here's how it doesn't match. And here's why. What do you think? And, and we see this all the time in, in, in our world, right? Politicians doing things that they just complained about the other guy doing. Well, but I'm not setting new policy. I, I'm undoing bad policy. Yeah, but you said the means by which you're doing it was wrong when your predecessor used it. Or, well, of course we did this thing because this bad thing was done to us. That's all hogwash. It's bad self-talk, it's bad couples talk, and it's bad family system talk. And it comes from this, well, any means necessary to get my point across. I can do whatever I need to do as long as, you know, I get my point across, as long as I win. No, you can't. No, you don't get to just lay it out there for people and blow them up in a way that's hurtful. Now, sometimes what you have to say is hurtful. If your 16-year-old isn't trying or they, they want to drop out of school or, or something along those lines, the conversation that you have to have in and of itself can be hurtful. And you can even feel bad that they're hurt. And, and sometimes you say, hey... I'm sorry that you're hurt, but I had to tell you what I had to tell you. And that's fine. You can live in that distress. It's when you do something that you think is morally wrong. This is why the metric matters. And the metric should be what is morally right and what is morally wrong. That should be moral reasoning should be the metric, not emotional reasoning. So if I have to tell my daughter, hey, you know what? You got to give me your car keys because you're grounded because of blah, blah, blah. You told me you were going to be one place and you were somewhere else. She's not going to like that. That's going to be a hard conversation. But that doesn't mean I did anything wrong. If I said to her, I feel like you've been irresponsible to the point where I can't trust you with a car. I'd argue that that's another good way to deal with what we said. Facts and feelings. I said to her, you're just an irresponsible teenager and maybe throw in a few names. I've crossed over and now I'm attacking the person, not the problem. And now I've violated more reasoning. And, and the thing that I want you to consider is unity is actually two people on the same plane moving each other towards being the better version of themselves. And so 
if if my wife loses her mind and 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 she would probably not do this, but if she did, and, and I was like, hey, I don't think what you're doing there is right. I'm helping her. I'm I'm moving her towards that. Actually, is unity because I'm moving her towards what is the better version of her. And I'm inviting my kids into that conversation. What are the rules that we believe should govern how we interact? And if you're like, hey, Joe, this is kind of a waste of a half hour of my life because I don't have kids. That's fine. You can do this with anything. Any, Any interactions you have this week, evaluate them off of your moral reasoning, not your emotional reasoning or not the other person's emotional reasoning. And don't give yourself a hall pass. How does the conversation work out of your moral reasoning? That's what I want you to take away from this episode. We were going to do something else completely different. We were going to talk about brand and personal brand and how it helps us make decisions. Uh, Got a lot of emails about there's no path forward without pain. I'm, I'm thinking about we're going to do a whole episode on that. Lots of fun episodes coming up. If you haven't already, please share this with your friends. If you find value in it, I appreciate that so much. If you have a question, email me, joe at joemartino.com. Put a podcast in the subject line so I know to filter it to the correct mailbox so that I'm able to read it. And uh, if there's something you want me to talk about, throw it in there. Reach out to me however you want. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.